It's the second half of the Beyond 90 pod for this week. We've made a couple of substitutions. Thank you so much again to Cheryl, Molly, and especially our special guest, Lee McGowan. And Dale Roots has come on to discuss the weekend that was in the W League. Yes. So it looks like we're trying to shore up the defense. We've shipped a few goals in the first half, and uh, we're we're bringing on some defensive reinforcements for the second half of the pod. Uh, Unfortunately... My defensive capabilities are much like Brisbane's were on the weekend, but we will get into that momentarily. Yes, well done. So first, I think we better crack on, and I think we just might as well start with the Thursday night football game, which is unfortunately, once again, a closed doors game between a Melbourne team and a Sydney team. This time it was victory and the Wanderers. So uh, firstly, Dale, did you get a chance to have a look at that one? I, I watched enough of this one to kind of get an understanding of it. And I, this game really went the way that I kind of expected it to. I mean, Melbourne Victory are a very well-coached team. And, I mean, obviously, it was a 1-0 one, one result, but the goal didn't really come from... Uh, they they didn't score in the manner that I would have expected them to, to be really honest. Obviously, the, the Annalie Longo goal came from, you know, a scramble. Uh, I think would be the easiest way to explain it. But, you know, like um, Victory, who have a very potent attacking lineup um, in this game, they started with uh, Longo, Ayers and Devanna uh, and Cooney Cross as their kind of front four. Um, and, I mean, Longo isn't exactly the 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 known goal scorer. Obviously, they have Mindy Barbieri um, in there as well. They're not She's not exactly the known goal scorer. I believe she's scored a few in the past. Um, but uh, I kind of would have expected that um, victory would have, you know, aimed to turn around uh, Wanderers centre backs a lot more than they did, especially with the pace of players like Devanna um, and Ayers as well. But look, I mean, for a th- for a th- for a Thursday night game, um, as you said, it was a real shame that it was behind closed doors. I mean, obviously, you know, we live in the weird and topsy turvy world, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but yeah. I was a little bit disappointed. But yeah, as I said, I mean, Melbourne, Melbourne good for the three points, I think. Um, I'm not sure if Western Sydney, um, it's the same thing that we've spoken about for donkey's years, you know, just the fact that Western Sydney don't look um, that potent up front. They only had one shot on target in 90 minutes, which isn't really fantastic. Um, but what, what were your thoughts? I mean, they're your team. Um, what, what would you, how would you characterize this one for Wanderers? Uh, yeah, it's just, more of the same and you know um classic center forwards and number nine is possibly the hardest thing to find in football and the wanderers uh briley henry i thought was decent played in a few different positions uh during the course of that game but again a victory just too good at home uh i think you're right Dell. it didn't go the way victory and jeff hopkins would have planned but sometimes i feel especially on victory's own short turnaround from uh the, they played on sunday i believe against canberra uh, i think it's just yeah, i think so yeah, I think it's just one of those ugly wins you sometimes had to had to have. Mm. Uh, they did just enough. Kyra was great. I think her set pieces caused mayhem in the Wanderers' penalty area, and that's obviously what led to the goal. And she actually put in a great shift defensively as well, possibly not in response to certain errors, but she, she just some of the recovery runs were not really what you'd expect from Kyra Cooney Cross, but she made some really vital tackles uh, mm. for the Melbourne victory. It, it's interesting to me looking at the Wanderers. Um, 
uh, kind of in the tail tail half of the season, and it it it's it's odd looking at the fact that if you look at that bench that they played uh, on Thursday night, and obviously we we are allowed to make uh, five. I think it's still five subs over three sub five. periods, yes, but obviously they only made three subs, so they had Galia come on, Kamas and Halloway. But you look at that bench and. Chavez, Galea, Karmas, and Newborn, from memory, all started the first game. Um, and if they didn't start the first game, they definitely started that first win at Wanderers HQ. So it's interesting that um, Dean Heffernan has kind of, I wouldn't say go so far as to say like lost faith in his players or lost faith in those few players. But it is interesting to see exactly how the deck's kind of being shuffled. And I know that Wanderers can't make the finals mathematically now, which is unfortunate for them. Um, but it is, as I said, it's interesting that those players are the ones that he chose to sit out and the way that he chose to play victory um, on their home patch. But yeah, as I said, I mean, an, a result that you could kind of see coming and look, victory won't care. Look, I mean, it's not great for for those of us supporting teams in the, in the finals race, but like it's victory won't care. It's another win, chalk it up. Um, and it's another, it doesn't damage their goal difference. So they'll be, they'll be cheering. Uh, and Jeff Hopkins will be really happy that they kept the clean sheet. Yeah, so moving on to the Saturday game, which I think went against the predictions that both of our predictions from last week. So Adelaide United getting a massive two nil win over Sydney FC. Yeah, man, like Sydney just stank up the place. Just bad. Four shots on target. Uh, sorry, four shots in 90 minutes is no good. Not good. Four shots, one on target. Um, they did complete 420 passes. So uh, just great. Good meme work from Sydney. Um, but like, as I said, I mean, and it's not the first time we've seen this. I know this is only what their second loss of the season, but like Sydney just cannot chase a lead. They just cannot. And I know that they copped that both times they've lost this season. They've copped two goals in the first 20 minutes. So this week you had Marushka Waldis, um, who uh, is allegedly Tracy Holmes, but we'll get onto that later. Um, Marushka Waldis scoring in the fifth minute and then Mallory Weber scoring an absolute banger in the 19th. Um, but Sydney just, they just didn't really have any answers. And I think watching this game back, like Adelaide were not afraid to press really solidly through the middle and try and push Sydney off the push Sydney off the ball through the middle and high up the pitch. Um, and I think that there were a, a number of players that were kind of uh, guilty of like poor turnovers or poor passes under pressure. One player that really stuck out to me as not having their best performance was um, Ange Hishtadulu. Um, she was uh, because of the way that Sydney play, they're trying to get their wing backs up the pitch. And because she was constantly having to track back to track, I think it was Weber that she was marking. She was just constantly held back into the defensive line. So whenever she did try to kind of get involved, there was that feeling of uh, that she had to kind of atone for those mistakes in defensive positioning. Um, so like the, the goal, there was, there was a moment just before, uh, Weber scored the second goal where she was between the lines. Christodoulou came out to mark her with a back to goal. She basically turns Christodoulou. Christodoulou has to turn around and try and make a diving tackle. And Weber ends up missing just wide of the right hand upright. 
But to me, that kind of set the scene for the goal that Weber ended up scoring, where Hristadulu came all the way out to the right wing, as she's meant to do as a right fullback, came all the way out to the right wing and then just got caught square, got caught off feet caught, got caught square, and then Weber just ducked in off her right and hit it into the far post. I don't think that Wyman thought that was going in, um, which like a goal like that as a keeper, sometimes you just don't know. Like she's a good keeper when it comes to positioning, um, but sometimes like you just get unlucky. Uh, but yeah, as I said, I mean, uh, full credit to Adelaide. Like I thought that they were really good. Um, they do, they do what they do well, really well, and they have a lot of things that they've improved uh, that they weren't doing so well previously that they have really kind of stamped out. I'm I, I'm constantly impressed by Matilda McNamara. I'm constantly impressed by Dylan Holmes. It's a real shame, obviously, for the league that she's heading off to Europe. But good luck to her. And yeah, um, Sydney. Just te- keep it. They're teasing us, teasing the W League. We need more dub chaos, they think. Um, but yeah, look, a, a huge result for Adelaide, though. Yeah, I do like uh, a couple of the narratives that were at play. Firstly, um, Adelaide getting to send off Dylan Holmes in the way they would have wanted uh, mm. win at home against the team they've what this is the second time they've beaten Sydney. FC in the history of the W. Yeah, I don't think that like Adelaide obviously were very poor throughout the early years of the dub, yeah. but they they haven't beaten many teams um, more than three times. I don't think. Yeah. Okay, so there's that. There's also you know this and the ongoing narrative of Adelaide United season with a really they're being rewarded for long term planning. These local kids that have been chucked in over the last few years and now they're all they've all gelled together and they're all um, reaching heights that they haven't reached previously in the dub mm. and you know kind of showing the potential that they have, you know have been shown for a few years in NPL South Australia yeah I was also happy for Marushka Baldus to get that goal a woman who has suffered at the hands of Sydney FC many times in her two seasons with the Wanderers so she's finally finally got to experience what it's like to be Sydney FC and um I like a little niche thing that Adrian Stenter did uh to close out to help uh, run down the clock in the closing minutes his four subs 84th minute 89th minute and then a double sub in the 95th minute. I love, I love a dark arts lead substitution. That's the kind time. of stuff that we are here for. I'm sorry, Cheryl. I'm sorry that you cannot appreciate the dark arts. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it, I, but again, I mean, and it was, it was, it's funny that they're trying to like, obviously they're trying to speed the game up and try and clamp down on this stuff. But like, you've, you've got to sub your players like right in the middle of the half. So like, if you're going to make a player, make a substitution, you have to get them, like as far away from the sideline as possible so that they have to walk all the way over to the bench. Um, And I'm not sure if Adelaide did that for all of their subs, but uh, again, we love to see it. Uh, We do love to see that. I I used to love back in the, when they, in the old rules, um, a player that had been near the bench all game suddenly appearing on the other side. Yeah. On the other side of the pitch. I've got to take a corner. It's so far away. I have to walk all that way. I'm really sorry, Raf. So, it's a long way. Yeah. So I'm guessing the new interpretation is everyone that's about to be sold becomes a central midfielder. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, and and they have to have the player who's coming on. Always, I've I've noticed this recently. They always have the bib ready to go. I'm like, but like, if you go off on the other side of the pitch, like you have to walk all the way around, and you're not wearing a bib. I don't know. Look, this is beyond me. On to Sunday, and I pre- in the previous pod, I made a, a prediction that upset you, and for absolutely no reason, as 
your beloved United ended up smashing Brisbane Raw. I actually think that I may have predicted this score. Um, we'll have to go back and check the tape on that one. Um, but Canberra just like really like scoring goals. Uh, they I, this game um, in contrast to the Melbourne uh, in contrast to the Melbourne Melbourne Western Sydney game. Um, I was really surprised by how little possession Canberra had. Um, but at the same time, I was also really impressed by the fact that whenever they had possession, they, they did, uh, they, like they did something with it. it. It's not always about sterile possession because that's one kind of thing that a lot of, a lot of coaches and a lot of players and a, and a lot of fans for that matter think that, you know, possession possession really is nine tenths of the law, but it's also that you have to do something with the ball. You can't just pass between your centre backs and be like, "Oh, cool." So we had ninety five percent. I mean, we all remember the Champions League a few years ago. Celtic beat Barcelona with two one with like thirteen percent of the possession and right. completed like one hundred and twenty passes. Um, it's not all about possession, and that's one thing that I was really impressed with watching Canberra play this game because it was. Um, their efficiency in possession and also their their efficiency in field position was was something to to take notice of. They only shot they only had seven shots on goal and they only had like four it was 60-40 possession. But um when they did have the ball, there was a lot of uh firstly there was a lot of like players having the guts to kind of go for a walk through the middle um or play a longer pass. It's not necessarily always about football in triangles and football in neat little areas and things like that. There were, there was a moment when, um, and we'll probably come on to this later, but there was a moment when Kendall Fletcher stepped, she had the ball at center half. She stepped forward into defensive midfield and she played this pass through three lines of defense to Michelle Heyman, who was on the run past, I think it was Kim Carroll and the, the play didn't end up score. They didn't end up scoring from the play. Cause I think Heyman ended up losing possession to tackle, but that kind of like, scything pass through three lines is something that Canberra have been doing really well, whether it's from Fletcher through like a vertical pass like that, or it's a player like Grace Ma looking wide to someone like Flannery or Satchel on the wings. Um, I've been really impressed with Canberra and their picking of passes Um, from the Brisbane, from Brisbane's point of view, like you could probably look at this game if you're a Brisbane fan and just think that you were desperately unlucky, like three of these goals, probably don't go in on any other day. Like Grace Mar scores a 40 yard worldie. Bianca Garlic chips the keeper from 35 meters. Nicoletta Flannery had the ball, like somehow end up in the net and, you know, Heyman's goal, like it was a good goal. You know, you can't really take that one away from it. Gilnick had that really good goal as well. Like on another day, this is one, one um, and you're that much closer to winning the premiership. But for Brisbane, um, they yeah just unlucky on the day they had so much of the ball in attacking in attacking spots and some of the some of the play they had was a little bit desperate when it came to the attack um but i was i you know it could have been another draw and we know that they love those so yes um it did however put an end to an interesting narrative where brisbane could have been the most underwhelming invincibles of all, of all time unbeaten and finishing in second so yes at least at least we don't have to put up with that anymore. Mm. Um, and what I did, yeah. I think it was, I think it was PSG. It might have been PSG last season or the season before, were undefeated in the French first division, uh, in the women's comp, and they ended up, they ended up 
coming second because they lost. They sorry, they drew with pet. They drew with uh, or they beat Leon. Um away and I think they drew with them at home but they drew so many games and they drew against somebody like Fleury or one of those tiny little teams that they play mm-hmm. in um, in like an athletic stadium but um, Leon only drew like three games and lost one and the rest of them were wins um, so they ended up PSG ended up coming second by like eight points even though they hadn't lost also yeah unfortunate for Brisbane they could have been the PSG of Australia Leave yes. that there, Al. You can take that as you will. <laughs> yeah, I did, did like with the Canberra goals. I just, I mean, it's players not afraid to try things. Grace Mars passed to Nick, Nikki Flannery for the first. It's, I mean, it's standard Grace Mars with her vision. Nikki Flannery's shot was a thing that also happened. And I, as I'm echoing your thoughts, I'm not sure how that goes in. Then, you know, Grace Mars' long shot for the second. Michelle Heyman's third was set up by a 50 yard ball from Lauren Keir. And that's, the second Heyman goal that Laura Kears assisted this season after she did a dink over the top against Melbourne City. I so that's good yes. memory. And then uh, Bianca Galich. Yeah, so two seasons in a row, a Canberra player that I've interviewed has scored in the W League. So Ashcroft's last year, Bianca Galich this year, that was ice creamed at home. I'm not ashamed to admit it. Oh, good for you. I'm glad that you're not ashamed. Many grown men would be, but I'm glad that you're not. <laughs> I, I, in many ways, am not many. Grown. <laughs> I was going to so, say yes. As as a, as a fellow man with very little shame, I hear you. <laughs> so uh, on to uh, the rare experience for Dove fans: Monday night football in Perth, and Perth a mo- and a late Monday night. This was a tough oh, one. Oh yes, oh yes, um, yes. But especially for those of us Jets fans and those of us on the Eastern Seaboard, a game that kicks off at nine thirty-five PM. Our time. I was going to say, who had a tougher who had a tougher evening? Me staying up to watch this game or Perth Glory? Ooh, it's about fifty-fifty. Yeah. I know from the, those late games are incredible. They're very difficult, and also, um, yes, I. That's another one. That's another prediction that I completely butchered. Newcastle getting four goals in a game for the first time in. Who knows how long? Ooh, that's a. I mean, since they won, since the Wanderers game. Oh yeah. I mean, so before, before that, I've though, that. Oh yeah, that's a. Before, before that, that those... before that though, I, that might be their biggest. I mean, this could be their biggest win ever. Yeah. We'll have to check the. Possibly, we'll have to yeah. check the old. Uh, the old records, but. That is that is a that is a good uh, if 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 anyone out there is a Newcastle Jets fan and can think back further than six months, first of all, uh, congratulations, uh, and second of all, please get in touch. Let us know. <laughs> Eddie Howe vigorously tweeting at us right now. Yes. Um, yeah, look, I Perth were lucky this wasn't like ten 0 I'll be really honest. Um, Newcastle were just not there to put shoes on a centipede. Like they weren't there to muck around and they came with a game plan and they, I thought Perth were okay. I thought Perth were like fine, but against this Jets team in this mood, like fine, ain't going to cut it. Um, and Rihanna Policino had probably the best game of her W League career. Um, she had that really, really nice goal, um, which I kind of thought she had the little Ronaldinho dink 
with the toe poke, but it was a, it was just a nice side foot in the 29th. And then she had the, she played the ball through to Sonny Franco for her yep, that's first right. goal, I think. That, that was typical Polichina yeah, outside of the foot. Yeah, just really nice. Exactly, really nice futsal skills. And then Franco scored two minutes after halftime. And the, the last goal for Perth, um, Sophie Harding just like drawing players into her defender like a gas giant planet drawing in asteroids. Um, she had three defenders on her by the end of the, the little run that she went down the right-hand side of the, the Perth 18-yard um, box and just squared it to Lauren Allen and all she had to do was tuck it under the keeper. Um, uh, I thought like... I. I just thought that Perth were, um, I think intimidated is probably the wrong word, but they, they knew that they were in trouble pretty quick um, because Newcastle were just like, cool, we're going to score a thousand goals tonight. Um, and it kind of felt to me similar to the, um, similar to the, the Adelaide Sydney game, like Adelaide just came out and were like, right, let's do it. Let's have it. Um, and Perth and Sydney, for that matter, didn't really have much of a much of a an explanation, unfortunately. Yeah, so I loved uh, Lauren Allen's contribution. She uh, for her goal, uh, just enough hesitation in the Perth defence. And Lauren Allen is so fast; if there's a little bit of hesitation, she'll put you to the sword. And also, she set up uh, Rihanna Polichina's opening goal. Also, Sunny Franco, who um, absolutely butchered a chance early on where she was playing oh, man. on goal. And then she somehow managed to dink it across the six uh, yard box so, so slowly bad. that yeah, yeah that <laughs> Lily Alpha could just walk over and pick the ball up. That looked but, like me trying to play like off the rough onto the green on the fifteenth. It was not good. She uh, like, and it was great because she hit she hit the ball so badly. She had enough time to throw her arms up and turn around by the time that Lily Alfield had picked the ball up. Like it was glacial. <laughs> But yeah, as you said, I mean, she really redeemed herself. She was yeah. lucky not to get sent off too. Um, uh, she had she's that... lucky not to get sent off in every game. Yeah, I was gonna say um, <laughs> she she probably could have had. Uh, I, I don't think she ended up picking up a yellow card, but she there were a few tackles where I was like, oh, "Don't do that!" And also, um, I, I we will probably uh, we might come onto it in tackle of the round, but um, Hannah Brewer. I'm not sure if she's going to be allowed to leave the state of Western Australia because I think that she is wanted for murder. Um, she's she's straight up just killed two people. There was a tackle in the center circle and she just went through both of them and the ref was like, man, got the ball, play on. So um, I'm glad that uh, physicality is not dead in the game of football. Yes, uh, if you just bear with me, uh, the WJets Active Instagram account did put something in relation to Hannah Brewer's uh, tackle of, shall we say, questionable legality. Ah, yes. Mm. She's tough. She's tough. She's fast. She left two on the grass, Hannah Brewer, etc. So Very good. That sounds about right. But yeah, with that one, um, so I think, I mean, you might, we might as well, since you mentioned it, uh, go on to our picks of the round. So Please. we will start with, I think, uh, let's Cheryl show note that she's kindly left for us, Disorganized Souls. Uh, your player of the round, Dale. Um, player of the round. Um, I was really impressed with uh, Emily Condon yet again. Um, but my player, my player of the round was probably uh, probably Laura Hughes. Actually, she's a player who I don't think gets a lot of credit 
um, when Canberra play well. But generally speaking, she's um, in in the role that she tends to play for Canberra. She's she's involved um, when things aren't going so well. So she's obviously cleaning up from the back. Um, you know, she's she's hovering around in front of the defense, in front of the midfield, kind of cleaning up, um, sweeping in front of the defense. Sorry, um, but also playing um, and distributing to players like Kier and Elioski going forward. Um, and there were a few moments where I noticed that, you know, that kind of leg work and grunt work is the kind of um, thing that keeps the team together, like and keeps them pushing forward. Because if you don't have that kind of really solid defensive midfielder or box to box midfielder to play, like you can't advance for the, further up the pitch. It's really impressed with her. Um, but all in all, my my player of the round would would probably be um, Rihanna Policina. I just thought that she was really really solid. Um, she got a bit. She got a bit physical, which was good. She scored a really nice goal, um, laid one on. So goal and an assist in a in a clean sheet as well. And I, I was just really impressed with um, her te- technically and tactically for for their win against uh, against Perth. Yeah, uh, I'll my play of the round. I'm sticking to the same game. I'm keeping it simple. Just Hannah Brewer for all those slide tackles. Yeah, even we- I think one in the dying minutes with a Perth player just kind of shepherding the ball out of. I think trying to shepherd the ball, yeah. and take it forward, and she just she wasn't she wasn't having any of it. She's she has no time for her she, players. She does not suffer falls. She does not yeah. suffer falls at all. But also, um, I think that was it was Debbie Della Harp. She was just suffering, just like shuff, you know shuffling the ball out, and she just like she was airborne for a split second. Um, and there's a shot down the line from uh the like the sideline camera, and she's. Like Hannah Brewer's just gone straight through. It's like watching the the video of the train like running into a truck that's stuck on a level crossing. That's what it was like. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed watching Hannah Brewer play as well. She was really good. Yeah. Okay, so Dale, your goal of the round? Uh, goal of the round, I am tempted to give it to um, Bianca Galic. Firstly, uh, great to see a young player scoring in the dub. Great to see Canberra players scoring from a million kilometers away. Um, but for me, Mallory Weber, um, if the goalkeeper thinks the ball is going out and it still goes in, it's generally a pretty good like rule that it's a great goal. Um, I don't know whether it would be up there for goal of the season, but I was like, she just kicked the skin off it, um, which is, we know that she's got a great right foot. Um, and yeah, great, great finish for mine. Yeah, Mallory Weber, and another goal out of looking like almost nothing after that one against Canberra in round one, yeah, where she just yeah she was like forty yards away, and they knew they were going to lose, so she just smashed it. Yeah. In. Um. But yeah, I mean, I think I I gave this one away earlier, but yeah, I'm not going I'm not going past players that I've interviewed. So Bianca Gallish getting a first stop goal from forty five yards after um yeah Morgan not the best day for the young keeper. She'll learn from this. Bianca saw the space. She, you could see on the replay. She was looking up and thought, "I'm having this," and she did. Yeah, just hit it. And, and I mean, it wasn't really that windy, um, because Aquino got, um, if I remember correctly, Aquino got chipped in both halves. So, like, it's That's obviously correct, not yeah. that like they're kicking into or against the wind. It's just, uh, you know, it happens. Now, on to your save of the round, Dale. Uh, Kendall Fletcher, if you head the ball off the line, you win save of the round. These are the rules. I don't write them. I just live by them. 
Yeah. yeah. As you know, I love disagreeing with you, and I can't even better disagree with you in this instance. There were three uh, this... Brisbane players there. How did they not score? Yeah, that angry. goes back to what you're saying. Um, it's just one of those days for Brisbane, and I think Jay, to, or, to a large extent, Jake Goodship, that's the message, you know. We, this could have happened on another day. This goes in. That's one they can definitely look at because yeah. I think, firstly, it comes off an excellent one-on-one save from Keely Richards, mm. Queensland and Keely Richards, by the way. And yeah, just Kimberly Gilnick managing to plant that shot. Yeah, the dub top scorer planting that shot right on Kendall Fletcher's noggin. Uh, yeah. Well, what can you do if you're Jake Gucci? Yeah. Um, and not even the worst, like, ball to head action in that game because. Um, Haley Taylor Young had been on the park for about 30 seconds and then had her entire face rearranged by football um, and then proceeded to quite clearly give Claire Polkinghorn a concussion. So, again, we are here for big, big hits. Yes, yes. That's why uh, I'm loving the kids in the WL. Just uh, they, they don't they don't have time. They have no bodily, you know, like no will for, for their, their own bodily maintenance. They just want to hit people hard. Um, and, you know, again, as I said, Sonny Franco, lucky not to have been sent off, loves hitting people hard. Hannah Brewer loves beating people. You know, the, the catalog goes on and on. And for one, I am grateful. Yeah, I, so am I, Dale. So am I. Now, on to pass of the round. Uh, what did you pick out as your, uh, the best pass of the round? Um, I really, I did really enjoy... Um, Fletcher's kind of vertical pass uh, to Michelle Heyman. I would probably give that one pass around um, if it wasn't for the Policino pass to Franco for her goal. Um, I, you know, what can you say? Like, she's just got impeccable technique. I really enjoy the the amount of crossover that we're getting from futsal to football this year. Mm. Um, and Policino has both a deadly right leg um, and a pretty nifty... Uh, short passing game as well. So I, I, that one's mine for, for the uh, pass around. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you there. Obviously, I mean, I'm not going to go against futsal skills on display in the dub. And Policina, that outside of the foot pass, the technique is so difficult and she made it look so easy. Like, like I mean, I advise any kids um, trying to recreate that, uh, get some coaching from, you know, your local futsal center first because that is nowhere near as easy as MIDI made it look. No, 100%. And then I think Dale onto your tackle of the round. Uh, Hannah Brewer destroying the world. Yeah, that, um, that's the. Yeah. I think that's the answer. Also, just the collision between Taylor Young and and Polkinghorn. Polks and Carroll both had a few really really tough tackles against Canberra on the weekend, um, and they're not. Uh, they're not going to step out of those tackles either of them. They're both veterans. They both know how to use their body like that. So again, um, probably that Polk's tackle on um, on Haley Taylor Young for mine. Okay, and then mine. Well, I mean, the real answer is anything Hannah Brewer does. But so mm. I want to go for something different. Kyra Cooney cross against uh, for, in victory against the Wanderers. I think she had early on the game. She had a brief flashback to last season. Thought <laughs> she was still playing for the Wanderers and put in a great through ball for Riley Henry. Well, she saw red and black running free and thought, yeah, this is what I need to do. Then yes. she remembered she was playing for victory and she ran Riley Henry down and got the ball cleanly. That's not easy. So, yeah, I mean, again, I mentioned the shift she put in defensively before, but that was a fantastic tackle. Mm-hmm. We are we are in, we are in all enjoying um, Kyra Cooney Cross's continued glow up. This is what we're all here for. Yes, yes, yes. 
Um, so next up, I think we're looking for the next round. Should probably talk about the next round, considering there's like yeah, five yes. games next week. Yep. And okay, so it starts. I mean, I, I had to do, uh, had to update our Google Doc on the fly to make sure we had all the venues. But mm. next round, it starts on Thursday with the rematch of a highly entertaining game from a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, Thursday night football is Melbourne City versus the Wanderers, and we hope that this time it's not a false alarm. It is actually a Frank Hollihan reserve. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to be really interested to see whether they actually put this game on at Chelsea Hardwick's home ground, um, because like they've supposedly they've had a real problem with Magpies there. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Well, Dandy City played there on. Uh, they played there through the week with MPL Vic, so um, I can't see that being a problem. Uh, this I think is going to be really interesting. Um, neither of these teams can make the playoffs. Just double checking. Um, Melbourne City also have a really congested fixture list coming up. Um, Wanderers only have two games left. Um, I'm going to tip the Wanderers for this one. Going to be interested to see what they do with Georgie Omendale um, and where they play her, especially considering that her pace against uh, City's back, however many they play, two, three, um, I think would be really interesting. If you've got her, Collister, and Julianne Russell on the pitch at the same time. Um, I think they'll do something like they did this week. I would really like to see. Um, I'd really like to see Wanderers go to like a two or a four up front to challenge Melbourne City. I think that they can win this game pretty handily um, if they if they expose our City going forward, um, especially with like trying to get in behind their their wing backs, which we all know that Rado Vidicic loves playing up top like up further up the park. Um, but yeah, as I said, I think Wanderers will win this one for me. Um, prediction is Briley Henry will come off the bench and she will score a double. Oof, that's a, that's a great prediction. Um, so I, I don't know. I still don't, despite um, the events of Perth, Newcastle, I still don't like tipping an interstate away team um, on an unusual night to play, shall we say, outside of the weekend. Yeah. I, I don't know how Melbourne City are going to do this because of their, as we've seen, their um, struggles in front of goal. But um, I think Melbourne City will do this somehow. It'll be like a 1-0, something like that, because I'm, I, that, team, that team is not going to score two goals in the same game. So, And I think Chinatsu Kira will find the net for no real reason. Oh, I like that. Um. Interesting one from this uh, from for, for this game. Um, Melbourne City and Western Sydney have both conceded 18 goals. Wanderers have scored eight and City have scored seven, but Western Sydney have, like, they've, they've effectively got the same record. It's just that Wanderers have played two more games. Um, so if, if City can win this game, they, they will be well on their way to leapfrogging City down the track. Uh, so Western Sydney down the track, rather. Okay, then on to the first of two Friday night games. Uh, this this took me a while to get my head around. It is Perth's home game against Canberra United, but it is at Viking Park. So um, for all yeah. you people in Canberra and southern New South Wales who've wanted to do Perth away but have never gotten the opportunity, this is your chance to say that um, technically you've done Perth away and, as we all know, technically correct, the best kind of correct. That is correct. Um, I am really perplexed by this, if I'm honest with you, 
because Perth have to, pl- so they played last night on the Monday. Mm-hmm. They have to fly to Canberra and then they have to fly back to um, Perth to play on Sunday. Uh, no, Tuesday. Uh, sorry, Tuesday. So yeah. sti- like still, it doesn't make, it to me, doesn't make a lot of sense for them to fly across the country to play an away game. Look, I'm not in charge. Um, Canberra 6, Perth nil. Yeah, I mean, like this is a tough one for Perth. Uh, just really, uh, it's, it's really about what they can learn within themselves and each other from now to the rest of the season. They're just, mm. I mean, they've conceded 14 goals in our in their last three games. It's a really tough task and you know, some really unfortunate circumstances. But Alex Park is, you know, a friend of Beyond 90, a really top coach. But yeah, Canberra's just going to be... Um, yeah, and of course, there is, of course, the other thing, because it is Alex Aparkas, that he will see a bunch of his former players running right against his side. Yeah, tough. Tough. Um, my uh, my suggestion would be uh, Canberra are meant to play... Uh, so Canberra play Newcastle next week in Newcastle. If I'm Canberra, I play Michelle Heyman for this game and then I rest her next week because she's uh, her. This will be her 99th appearance for Canberra. Um, and obviously, she's one goal away from breaking the all time W League scoring record. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I would love her to get her 100th game uh, in front of her home crowd. Um, so I would probably be playing her for this one and then resting her for the Newcastle trip or vice versa. I would actually in saying that I'd probably rest her for this one and take it to Newcastle. Cause um, I, you know, you can probably bet on um, putting a younger player up front or a, or a more inexperienced player up front and, uh, and kind of still doing the job. There goes an ambulance past my house. Mm-hmm. Bye. Uh, but yeah, Canberra by it. Canberra by a, t- a couple at least. Yeah. I think Canberra made many goals, unfortunately, for those mm. in purple. And I'm. Uh, let me think. What kind of goal prediction can I do here? How about? Oh, why not Rachel Goldstein? Just, uh, just the name that popped into my head. Yeah. Good. The the frog in the blender that is Rachel Goldstein. Uh, yes, I look forward to her scoring. <laughs> I look forward to her scoring. And and uh, news during the week broke on Twitter, though not in the way we would have expected. Going back to Macarthur Rams for the upcoming NPL New South Wales season. Yes, big shout out to our friend of the pod, Pete Nowakowski, um, for his continued social media interactions, informing us of which players are going where. Yeah, my spreadsheet's going along nicely. Thanks, Pete. Now on to the second of the Friday night games. It is a huge one in the context of who gets a home final. Brisbane versus Adelaide at Lions Stadium. This, I think, is going to be really interesting. Um, I've tipped Brisbane. Um, again, it, I think it's a weird one. Um, someone's going to have to wear a change jersey, firstly. Right. Um, Adelaide's away jersey is also yellow, so I wonder if they have another jersey in the in the wash. Um, but anyway, we will come on to that later. Maybe they all wear goalkeepers' jerseys. Who knows? Um I think Brisbane will pick themselves up after last week and I think they'll dust Adelaide. Um, and I'm not just saying that because them dusting Adelaide makes Canberra's job a lot easier to make the finals. Um, I also think Brisbane at home have been really good this season. Also think that Brisbane will play really well against an Adelaide team that tends to um, tends to come on to teams and play at, in front of teams a lot. 
Um, Adelaide, as we saw when they played Sydney in Sydney, um, because they tend to play with like a block of four or block of five and then Cote Rojas as their like number nine kind of chasing around, herring around between the central defenders. I don't think that, that Brisbane will be the team that will, will allow them to do that. I think that Brisbane will look to draw them out to make space between the lines and then play neat passes in between them, especially when you've got players like Yallop, Chance and um, Dalton as your midfield three. Um, if that is the case. And then obviously they've got Gilnick, who's on a bit of a tear at the moment. They've got Letitia McKenna, who I think is due a goal. Um, but yeah, as I said, I, I can see um, I can see Brisbane getting this one. And also no Dylan Holmes for Adelaide is a massive out for mine. Um, I'm really unfortunate that she's gone halfway through the season, as I mentioned earlier. Um, but yeah, Brisbane for me. Um, prediction... Um, Kim Carroll will score a header from a set piece. Lovely. That's uh would make uh W League goal number four, I believe, for Kim mm. Carroll. Okay, so yeah, I want to continue the uh, tip with the continuing Adelaide narrative, but they have not been good away from home this season. Brisbane, yeah, as as we've discussed, I think they'll just bounce back. They were unlucky against Canberra. Uh, so they they should get that um not I would say not easily, but in a relatively speaking, a comfortable victory for them. Mm. A goal, I mean, you know, I what uh, friend of the pod, Lockie, will like it. A goal for college Matilda's fate, Isabel Dalton. Good. I like that. Former Napoli superstar, Isabel Dalton. Yes. Yeah. Now, last, on last to, game of the round. Uh, the last game of the round is um, Sunday afternoon at, uh, wow, just <clears throat> the dog keeps finding new venues to play in Melbourne. Where we'll be, they'll be going to Kingston Heath Soccer Complex, home of some uh, very famous Sublaki roles from previous Magic of the Cup exploits. It's Melbourne City versus Newcastle Jets at Bentley Green's home ground. So former, so was it John Anastasiadis that was the coach at Bentley Green's, who then went on to coach at Western United? I mean, we're drawing back from like first season of the FFA Cup here, but yes, yeah. another ground to put into your catalogue of W League home grounds. Um, Kingston Heath is a great little ground. Um, there have been many great celebrations there. over, As we said, over the, the years of the FFA Cup and the men's game, I think this might be the first or second time that they've played there, um, Melbourne City and Melbourne Victory. Um, in terms of the game, uh, Newcastle for me, uh, I can't see – I can't go past – them they're in really good form and melbourne city are whatever the opposite of that is mm-hmm. um and especially if if city get done by western sydney they're gonna be absolutely stuffed so i think that that short turnaround even though melbourne city had the buy this week i think the jets will will do them easily yeah uh, i think in terms of in terms of prediction um uh Gemma house is going to score off the bench Love it. Another college Matilda's fan. So, yeah, I think even if City beat the Wanderers, I think the short turnaround will do them. Um, that uh, Newcastle's win over Perth will give them all the confidence they need. So, yeah, Newcastle will get that. And, I mean, keeping the college Matilda's theme, I'm predict- predicting a goal for Alicia Bass. Good stuff. Also, the the other thing to mention, obviously, per- um, <clears throat> excuse me, Newcastle did play in Perth. 
So obviously that's a really tough turnaround, especially coming back from Perth. Um, but I think that obviously since they will have had the the six day turnaround instead of a, a three day turnaround, they'll be they'll be fresher. Yeah. Okay. And um, we'll leave the game, the, which is technically final game of round twelve, Perth versus Melbourne Victory. It's next Tuesday, but um, we plan to record. Yeah. Bottom, we'll, next bottom. On Monday. Yeah. Yeah. So, I so think we'll discuss we'll that then. Leave that one for then. So that um, brings us nearly to the end of the pod, Dale. Thanks again for joining us. But oh, well, also, I don't have anywhere else to be. Thank you for having me. No, that's my reason for being on. So that's I'm no shame so, in that. so lonely. Anyway, enough about me. <laughs> yeah. I think that we did need to cover some unfortunate news for uh, some of the country's most beloved players, both uh, domestically and overseas. Firstly, the sad, sad news that Ellie Brush, her injury against Perth is as we feared it was. She is the dreaded ACL for mm. Ellie Brush, and uh, she will obviously miss not just the rest of the W League season, but the, the upcoming NPL New South Wales season where she was scheduled to play for Northern Tigers. Yeah, real, really tough. Really tough for her. Um, I mean, in my opinion, she'd probably been one of the three form centre-backs of the competition. Um, I wouldn't go so far as to say, I mean, she was in contention for the Olympics. Um, if the Olympics is a world cup squad, um, instead of a, a shorter 18 player squad, like it is, um, I think that she would have been there or thereabouts. I think she definitely would have gone to the training, the, like the camp before the Olympics, before they make the cut. Um, but yeah, just, I really feel for her, obviously, um, you know, played in the grand final last year. Um, and she could have been there um, this year as well. But uh, yeah, a really, really big loss for Sydney. And it does uh, put a big, it, it, it's really awkward because it just means that you've, they've got to play McLean at center back and Ristadulu has to play right back or they have to play green in the middle. And it's just a, it's an unwanted um, distraction for the team kind of tactically um, this late in the season. So obviously Thoughts go out to Ellie um, and the rest of the Sydney family, and yeah, just a just a shitty way to end the season for her. And of course, overseas uh, pictures coming out. I think uh, early, really early this morning, our time of just Mackenzie Arnold's uh, with a couple of all other injured uh, West Ham teammates in a knee brace. Yeah, um, we don't have any details just yet regarding the severity or the nature of the injury, but um, a full leg knee brace with a compression bandage on the knee is never a good look. If it were up, if it was me diagnosing this injury, if Dr. Dale was putting on his hat, it wouldn't surprise me if she's just had a, a clean out before the Olympics. Um, it would make sense to get it done now. Uh, this is why... Uh, they, that would be why they're doing it now. West Ham have just taken a goalkeeper on an emergency signing, from what I understand. Um, so obviously, we we wish the best for Maka, but yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise me if it's just like a quick clean up before the Olympics, um, knowing that the the injury was probably too much, like the niggle was probably too much to keep going on. Um, so it kind of makes sense to do it now. West Ham know they're not in the best position when it comes to uh, the WSL. Um, I, they, I don't, they won't go down because Bristol City will probably be, will, will be relegated. Um, so it just makes sense to kind of tick these boxes before they have to go to the Olympics, as I said. Yeah. And I think you also mentioned another of our Tillies in the WSL. So Steph Catley, who's not had the greatest luck with injury in recent times. It's I mean, again. yeah, Steph, Steph Catley, um, to my knowledge, 
is is obviously still not doing well. There's there's a bunch of but like Catley this season has been like the the Liz Ralston of the WSL. Like she's been two weeks away for six weeks, and it's really tough. Um, obviously there was speaking of there was more news that um Ralston was uh, listed as with a hamstring complaint or something a few weeks ago. But yeah, look, um. I think that it's better. Look, this is a really obvious thing to say. It's probably better for them to be injured now than it is for them to be injured in July. Um, so hopefully they can both, um, both Maka and um, Steph can be better for the Olympics coming up. One, one thing just regarding the whole Dylan Holmes thing, and I mentioned this off mic, I mentioned this to you um, and the, the rest of the, the Amigos through the week, um, but it really surprised me that they allowed Dylan Holmes to play. Um, yeah, especially, yeah, I would have, I, you always see players on the bench in track, in a tracksuit before they go on a big deal. And I'm not saying that this is like a big money. She's getting millions and millions of dollars, but like, I don't understand. It seems to be a really strange way of protecting your investment. But again, I don't run the competition. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's about it. Um, thanks so much for coming on as the second half sub for this extended yeah. beyond 90 pod Dale. Thank you much, Lee. Uh, Yep. And so thanks once again for listening. We hope you've enjoyed, firstly, uh, the fabulous work of Dr. Lee McGowan. So much, such a great historian, even though he doesn't describe himself as such, of the women's game in this country. And then our takes on the round of W League just played. So we'll be back for all of you next week. Um, What configuration of Beyond 90 people yet to be decided, but we'll definitely be recording next Monday night. We'll